The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, a recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Governor Ralph Northam is calling on all K-12 schools in Virginia to require mask wearing by staff and students. The announcement comes after some districts hesitated to put mandates in place. Alan Rodriguez Espinosa reports. Through a public health order, the governor is requiring universal masking in all indoor settings in Virginia schools. Northam is citing recent CDC guidelines that say even those who are vaccinated should mask up if the risk of transmission in the area is high. He also points to a recent bipartisan law from earlier this year that requires schools to adhere to CDC mitigation guidelines to ensure in-person learning. The order overrules some local districts that had made mask wearing optional, like Hanover and Chesapeake. Richmond, Henrico, and Chesterfield had all already signaled strict mask requirements. In a statement, Northam said masks are proven to reduce in-school transmission, and he expects all districts to comply. Alan Rodriguez Espinosa, VPM News. Following the governor's announcement, Hanover County Schools released a statement that the district would comply with the mask mandate. The COVID-19 outbreak now impacting the entire fourth grade at Patrick Henry Elementary is the second COVID outbreak in Richmond Public Schools since July. As VPM's Megan Pauley reports, the district's first outbreak took place at Fisher Elementary's summer school program. Two siblings at Fisher's summer program in different grade levels both tested positive for COVID-19 a couple of weeks ago, according to the district. Another student in one of their classes also tested positive. Students in both classrooms are now in quarantine, as well as those students who are on the bus with them. But Angela Jones, a senior official with RPS, says the quarantine does not extend to classmates of all of the bus riders. So we only quarantine at this point the kids who are the direct contacts, the children that were in the direct space of the person that was sick. For those RPS parents reconsidering sending their kids back to school in person this fall, Superintendent Jason Cameras announced via Facebook Live Wednesday night that virtual enrollment is now closed. He urged parents to check out the state's program, Virtual Virginia. Megan Pauley, VPM News. Four years ago this week, white nationalist groups gathered in Charlottesville to protest the removal of a Confederate statue. The two-day rally ended in the death of counter-protester Heather Heyer and countless injuries. Two state police troopers also died in a helicopter crash while monitoring the protests. James Alex Fields was sentenced to life in prison for driving his car into a crowd of counter-protesters on August 12, killing Heyer. A federal lawsuit targeting the broad leadership of the hate groups that helped organize the rally is ongoing. The trial is scheduled for October 25th in Charlottesville. The redistricting process in Virginia can now officially begin with the release of 2020 census data. It's the first time Virginia's new bipartisan redistricting commission will draw maps. As Patrick Larson reports, a coalition of nonprofits is trying to get people involved. The census data starts a 45-day countdown for the redistricting commission to turn in state legislative maps to the General Assembly. They also have to hold eight public hearings on the designs before time runs out. 
Then they have 15 more days to finish congressional maps. So this is sort of what I would describe as game time for redistricting. Aaron Corbett of the Virginia Civic Engagement Table works with various advocacy groups that make up the Virginia Counts Coalition. Those groups are working to get people educated and engaged in the mapping process. So we are hoping to get Virginians in the door who know what their district looks like. Corbett says public input is essential to avoid bad or even gerrymandered maps. Patrick Larson, VPM News. The public hearings have not been scheduled yet, but are expected to occur in September. These maps will not be used during the upcoming election in November. Some activists are asking questions about what might be missing from the census data. Miranda Galindo from the nonprofit Latino Justice says there are obstacles to perfect accuracy in any year. The fear is that if the pandemic and other factors that made the undercount perhaps worse this year, if those disproportionately are harming historically disenfranchised communities. Census officials say better data on race and ethnicity, as well as an attempt to understand who was missed, will be released in early 2022. Old Dominion University students will have debts from the spring semester wiped clean. ODU will use funds from the Federal CARES Act to remove outstanding balances. It doesn't cover loans from outside lenders. All students enrolled during that time could have their debts cleared. ODU recommends students with specific questions about charges contact the university's Office of Student Accounts. Central Virginia is receiving over $14 million to provide broadband access to areas without reliable internet. Senators Mark Warner and Tim Kaine announced the funding from the U.S. Department of Agriculture yesterday. The money is expected to impact over 4,000 households, nearly 200 businesses, and 65 farms. Funds will also support educational centers and health care facilities in the region. In a statement, the senators called broadband a necessity and said they were glad to see the money improve job opportunities and educational resources. With a heat advisory in effect through Friday, the city of Petersburg has opened a cooling center at the Petersburg Transit Station. The comfort station is open from noon until 6 today. Since June, Richmond has operated two cooling centers, one at the Marshall Plaza building, the other at Southside Community Service Center. They're open from 11 a.m. till 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday through the end of September. Pets are not allowed except for service animals and masks and physical distancing are required. According to the National Weather Service, temperatures should drop down to the upper 70s by Sunday as chances of rain move in. This is VPM News. This newscast was recorded on Thursday, August 12th at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed from the time you've heard them. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.